Anyway, hi guys, welcome back to Nice to Meet Me podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, today I'm here with my friend Rosario, and this is literally the third time that we're trying to fucking record this episode. Oh, thanks for so, me. third I'm time's a charm. <laughs> um, this, we'll this yes, we'll this, this is getting posted, whether it's good or it's not good. So, <laughs> you guys, we're in for a wild ride, okay? Um, but today, like I said, I'm here with my friend Rosario. Seriously, thanks for being here and driving all the way out here for the third time in like a month. (laughs) So, um, yeah, we actually, let me tell you guys about how we met. So we had been following each other on Instagram for a long time. We were in the same religious community. Oh, I like how that sounds like a cult because we're going to be talking about cults. We were in like the same, like sphere of friends oh. or whatever yeah same circle oh my god how how could i not say circle <laughs> that's like the most basic way you said oh, sphere no you're just you're you're cooler than that you're cooler than circle <laughs> um yeah so we were in the same like atmosphere of religiously but we never like talked um until literally like a month and a half ago when I reached out to her asking her if she wanted to record a podcast with me and what did you say I was like absolutely let's get tacos first yeah, right we like, got tacos let's first. meet first yeah I was like let's meet first let's not be weird yeah <laughs> and we met up and it was great and we talked a whole lot and then we've talked a whole lot since yeah and maybe too much I mean yeah because you literally know like my darkest secrets already <laughs> Well, that's what happens when you start talking about, like, really... Traumatic shit. Yeah, really um, unique experiences that we have together that are similar. And, yeah, of course you're going to open up. We were both vulnerable with each other. And, honestly, that's my favorite thing to do. So, I... No problem. I love doing this (laughs) shit. Awesome. So, that's the perfect segue into the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Which is how we both survived a cult and where we're at now. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we're both still damaged. <laughs> you should get a look at us. Like, we yeah. get us with our banties and our leggings. Right. We're doing me, great. Not me, not wearing a bra. <laughs> Oops. I almost wore a bra, but I thought, like, okay, I, this is only my fourth time meeting her. Like, I should probably, like, wear a bra. No, girl. We're, yeah. we're good. <laughs> I mean, we were already talking about morning shits, so. <laughs> Thick. Yeah. Thick and... But that, honestly, that's like the best feeling ever, though. It, I mean, <laughs> come on. I don't like thick ones. <laughs> really? No. Like, you don't that's like what she says. But empty? like, oh, I love the empty feeling, but I don't like like the big stuff coming out of me. Okay, maybe I not like, like where it hurts. But <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. You need to cut that out. Yeah. Um, or don't okay. actually. So. Also, we just want to give you a heads up, guys, that this is going to be a two-part episode. Like I said, this is our third time that we try recording this episode, and each time, like each of the previous two times, it was over two hours long, so we, there's just a lot to say. Um, so we're going to cut this into two parts, and this is part one. What do you think if we get started? Let's do it. All right, awesome. <laughs> So, in the beginning, there was light. <laughs> we 
right. Already <laughs> triggered. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you want to tell the audience, like, what religion we were in? Yeah, we were a part of um, the Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Does that sound familiar to you? Excuse me, we'd like to talk to you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. No, actually, we never said that, but yeah, it was, yeah, we we were the ones knocking on your door. We're not the ones in bicycles, those are Mormons, Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 90% of you guys that are listening, you know, like the three people that listen to this podcast. Yes, and it's probably Uh you guys. And that's okay. We love you. Please listen. Yeah. Future um, me. You yeah. did great. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure 90% of you guys have had Asian Hopeless Witness knock on your door. So that is the religion that we were a part of. And within the religion itself, they always say, oh, we're not a cult. But everything that we've learned since we've been out. They say it's, that? It's they say we're not a cult. If somebody yeah. is telling, okay, here's advice number one. If somebody is saying this is not a cult, it's a cult. 100%. If somebody says this isn't an MLM, it's it's an MLM, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I wanted to ask you, to get just started with your story, how did you become a witness? So my mom was a Bible study when she was pregnant with me, so yeah. And then they had just migrated from Mexico um, around that time. And my dad has always been super, like, Christian. Like, he's he's he reads the Bible, I guess. And he encouraged it because I don't think my mom had a lot of friends. Again, they were, like, you know, so, in a like new country. So, like me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, all of us right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't think she had, like, a lot of I mean, she had her family or some of her family, but she didn't have, like, a lot of friends. So, obviously... Um, because my dad encouraged us, she went for it. She started studying. She found community. She found friends. She found a place that promised to be a good, um, place to raise kids around. And so she stuck with it. Um, so I don't know. I didn't know anything different. So. So you weren't born into it, right? I was born into it because she was studying when, when she was pregnant with me. So that's all I knew. I think my brother, who is six or so years older than me, I think he got a birthday party here and there, maybe, um, but I know, I for sure didn't. Like, they were, I, all I remember was meetings three times yeah. a week. Um, same for me. I was born into the religion as well. Both my parents were already witnesses by the time I came into this world, so it's all I've ever known. Um, but your grandparents were also... Yes, but my grandma became, a, on my mom's side, my grandma on my mom's side became a witness... After my mom was already a witness. Okay. So, kind of. Your mom influenced her? Yeah. Okay. Like, they had family members who were witnesses, mm-hmm. but nobody was ever, like, too serious about it. So. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, okay, so how long were you a Jehovah's Witness for? I left when I was, so it was, like, birth until I was, I was 23 when I left, so 23 years. Okay, wait, is that, so I left when I was 24. So, what year did you leave? I left in 2000. So, I got disfellowshipped summer of 2017. Okay. But I was still going um, for a couple of months after that. But I officially decided that I no longer wanted anything to do with the religion a year after that. 
So I guess officially for me, 2018, Mm -hmm. but officially in the church, 2017, when I was kicked out. Summer. Yeah, summer 2017. Um, I left spring 2017. Nova was born 2018, winter 2018. So I know Mm -hmm. for sure I was like right before I found out I was pregnant or when I found out I was pregnant. So like spring. Um, okay, and so you were in there basically your whole life. Mm-hmm. Were you, that whole time, like, were you pretty devout? Were you invested in the religion? I think I was, yeah, for sure. I, um, I think I lived a very, like, I was very, I was, pre- like, pretty innocent and... You were sheltered. Um, yeah, I was sheltered. Like, so I'm going to say, like, my kid life, right? So, like, from one to, like... 15 I I mean I really believe this was it for sure um this is all I knew um but then when I was like a teenager I feel like I was really like I got really into it really really into it I was like okay and I am I, I'm old enough I have to like do things because I you know what I mean yeah so I, that's, I feel like as like you were preparing to go into adulthood he's like you were getting ready for this to be the rest of your life right, right? so I so when you say devout like as I mean as a kid I was as devout as you can get but yeah for sure when I was a teenager I was like yeah, because I, I, my entire life revolved around this, and I made all of my decisions into, like, adulthood, you know, with this in mind. So, yeah, I would for sure call myself devout. What about you? Um, yes and no. I feel like I was devout because I had to be, mm-hmm. because that was what was expected of me. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, both my parents were, had privileges in mm-hmm. the church. Like, my dad was an elder, and my mom was a regular pioneer, so of course I had to be like the perfect child mm-hmm. and I had to do pioneering in the summer and all that stuff. But I did it just because it was expected of me. I in the inside I always was like, oh, like yeah. I can't, I don't want to do this. Like what is this? I mean, there was a couple years, maybe right after I got baptized, and I was like eleven, not eleven, like twelve. I would say like from twelve to fourteen, mm-hmm. I was like pretty zealous but mm-hmm. I don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> you said 12 to 14 yeah okay. yeah, yeah yeah um I know what it was actually I mean you're 12 to 14 I was, I was um right before I got baptized the school year before I got baptized I, I think I got baptized the summer of like going into eighth grade mm-hmm. I remember that in seventh grade this kid, and I don't know if this is a thing <laughs> when you were in middle school, but, well, because we're about, like, the same age. Yeah. So, probably, where, like, when you were standing in line, like, a boy would, like, touch your butt cheek. <laughs> <laughs> like, touch your butt, and, like, that meant that, 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 that they liked you? Yeah, I don't know. Why well, didn't even, like, I didn't even think you were going there. <laughs> that was nowhere in my, okay, uh, no, no one touched my butt cheek, and I'm okay. jealous that no one did now. Like, I'm like, this way. Okay, this is so embarrassing. My butt cheek wasn't and, good enough. Like, also, like, super, like, I mean, now that I look back at it, I'm like, that was, like, my first, like, sexual harassment situation. Yeah. Um, but I remember at the time, all these other girls were getting, like, their butts touched, and I was like, well, am I ugly? Is no one touching my butt? Oh, my gosh. And then it finally happened. The kid was all right. He was like... Maybe like a seven. Might be laughing at this because this is terrible. <laughs> I know it's so horrible, right? Um, but I, he finally touched my butt, and I thought it was gonna be like, oh, you know, like, like a rite of passage into like growing up. I don't know. But 
immediately after, like, I felt so guilty. Yeah. I felt like it was my fault. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I let God down. And I felt like I was literally good. I mean, Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in hell. But I felt like I was going to have, like, the ultimate punishment. You lost his approval. Yeah. You were damaged goods. I was going to die in Armageddon (laughs) because this kid touched my butt. Oh, my God. Uh, So... I think that's where my desire to be perfect started mm-hmm. because I had to make up for this sin. Yeah. Because I literally thought it was a sin and, oh my God, now that, wow, it's like I like opened Pandora's box. Like I don't even, Shit. I didn't even remember this, but I remember that that's one of the reasons why I decided to get baptized because they always told us that when you get baptized, you leave everything mm-hmm. behind, like all your sins in that water. Prior, like, yeah, like you're born again. Right. And I remembered that I was like, well, now I have to get baptized because I can't live with this sin. Oh my God. I was, well, this was like seventh grade. So literally 12. like 12 years old. Oh my God. I'm thinking that I have to make a commitment and a decision that's going to affect the rest of my life mm-hmm. because some horny kid touched my butt. Oh my god. So, oh my god, trauma. <laughs> that is awful. I mean, I think I experienced something similar with in seventh grade. And I don't know if it's like, you're right, maybe like the age thing or whatever. Yeah. Um, I held hands with this boy and I felt awful. I felt like somebody saw me. I felt like somebody was going to tell the elders. I felt like... Yeah, I was the I was the dumbest yeah. girl in the world, and like yeah, you were a whore basically. I was a whore. Yeah, yeah, that's I'm how sorry. I felt. And that it's so stupid to feel so much guilt at twelve over like some kid that doesn't know boundaries or like yeah. has respect for somebody else's body. Like, yeah, that's I mean, not you. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but fuck, <laughs> like why? Yeah. Why? And like at twelve, like. I guess I accepted that thinking as normal, you mm-hmm. know? And now I'm like, I shouldn't even have been thinking about, like, these things. Yeah. But, it, wow, okay. Well, well there we go. That's, yeah, let's get into... That's why you became devout. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it only lasted a couple years, you know, until <laughs> I started to have feelings. Oh, my so, gosh. But we'll get into that. Yeah, which, that's... I'm so sorry that that happened and yeah. that you felt like you needed to get baptized and swear your life forever to god (laughs) but um yeah so now that we've talked about that let's talk about like how life in general as a jehovah's witness was like yeah because this may sound super confusing to anybody that doesn't know yeah for sure so do you want to tell us just like a short recap i mean we could like we said we could talk for years about this but like Mm kind of just like the highlights of like the religion like what they believe in and stuff like that. You should just kind of talk about, like, what everyone already knows. So just to, like, so you can, like, kind of get to identify us. Oh, we can talk about, like, celebrities that are Jehovah's Witnesses, oh, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Michael Jackson was a Jehovah's Witness, sort of. I think Prince was. There's Prince all the was, cool yeah. pop stars, actually. Why didn't we, um, why do we only have trauma and no, like, and talent? <laughs> why am I not famous? <laughs> <laughs> um... So, like, Serena Williams is a Jehovah's She Witness. recently got baptized. Yeah. That model, Coco. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rocha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so pretty. Um, so, they're all Jehovah's Witnesses. They have, like, I guess looking at celebrities um, doesn't give you a good idea of what it actually is. Like, similar to how you, like, we know all the controversy behind Scientology, 
But we look at Tom Cruise like jumping off of a plane and we're like, well, that he seems like he's having a good time. Yeah, that's not everyone's experience. The actual people that are um, attending these, you know, meetings or whatever um, and actually a part of this, these organizations, religions, high control groups um, are not having a good time. Yeah. Um, but you probably can... Um... But it's like they don't know that they're not having a good time because oh, they've no, been brainwashed. Right. So yeah. we can talk about mind control too. But um, but basically, it's the religion um, that knocks on your door on the weekends mostly. Now they have... Now they do cart witnessing, so you might see them out, you know... Like public spaces. Yeah. Right. You'll see them with cards with uh, magazines, pamphlets, books, whatever. Um, they're the ones that don't accept blood transfusions. They are the ones that, um, don't celebrate any holidays. So you might work with one that doesn't celebrate Christmas or, um, their birthdays or whatever, or any, any holiday. And I'm trying to think of something else that kind of sets us, uh, or sets them apart. We are not not there anymore. (laughs) programming is still Ah, there. (laughs) See you guys, it like takes forever. Um, but that's, that's essentially it. It's. If you have seen any, or I guess we can kind of, I'm trying to think of documentaries that I've seen recently. Have you seen any documentary on a cult, on a high control group, on Mormons, on the Luz del Mundo? Yeah. It's designed very, very similar. Yeah, the, the structure is yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, there's a governing body, there's uh, yeah. congregations, there's elders that lead the congregations, there's... Um, quote unquote privileges within the organizations there's and it's like a when you're a member of that religion you're expected um, it's a full-time commitment like you're expected to go preaching Um, you're every month you have to report a certain amount of I guess volunteer work Mm -hmm. because according to them it's voluntary but if you don't do it like you're a black sheep Um, and then another thing going back to like their beliefs and stuff one of the things that they're pretty well known for is they are like a doomsday religion Um, they believe in Armageddon that's coming any day now for the last 20 years (laughs) Um, not 20 years no, really? I mean, no, they've been, been saying... Been, I mean, for longer than that. It's I been guess, much longer. I mean, yeah. it's since they've started. Since so, they've started. So the last 100 years. Yeah, like any been, day now. Um, yeah. They also believe that only 144,000 chosen ones will be going to heaven to rule with God and Jesus um, and the angels and stuff. And then the rest of the human population will be here on a paradise earth. So that's probably what you guys have heard. So it's funny that. about the 144,000. I feel like everyone that I talk to about this that is that didn't grow up in it knows about that number. And they're uh-huh. like, oh, come only if you get to go to, to heaven. And I feel like inside of the church, they don't do even you know. Don't, yeah. Do you feel like it was like a weird hush hush thing that like we believe, but like we don't really talk about? I didn't feel like it was hush hush. But I remember like towards the end of like when I was there, there this all this like new light started coming out about like the generations and honestly i feel like they made it so confusing to understand so that no yeah on purpose so that nobody would see that they were trying to get away with realigning their timeline right when the end of the world was supposedly going to happen right Um, i remember that very yeah and like (laughs) oh that just rubbed me the wrong way along with it was so weird guys like um if you were one of these people right you Uh um didn't talk about it yeah everyone, oh yeah it's not even like hush hush like it was a secret right but everyone like, knew about it it was so yeah. weird so like you'd kind of look at somebody like they were 
a chosen one, sort of, yeah, but also kind of like, like, you know. The way that, like, we grew up, I mean, I never got to meet a quote-unquote chosen one, mm-hmm. but you, when you learned about them, they were, like, supposed to be these, like, almost perfect mm-hmm. human beings and super spiritual, super devout, and, mm-hmm. like, they had some sort of knowledge that you didn't have, you know? Like, they were chosen, and the way that you knew if they were chosen <laughs> is that, like, when they went to the memorial, which happens, like... Once a year. Once a year, like, around Easter time, yeah. um, they would take part in eating from the little cookies or bread that Those were being bread. passed around right. and, and drinking the wine. from the wine. Yeah. Everybody else was just supposed to be observing, like, passing it to the next person but if you were a chosen one then you got to eat out of those crackers and that's how everybody knew yeah and nobody could question whether you were allowed to eat from but everyone did because it was it's a, a it's still a church environment and if you are in a church environment you know how gossipy and like yeah a little strange it is like so people every, would talk about it but right like they weren't allowed to question you about it because right. that was a thing that only you and God knew. No right. one knew who the chosen ones were. Right. Which was so fuck? weird. <laughs> it's the weirdest shit ever. But you'd still have like sisters that'd be like, well, she didn't bring anything to my cookout, so I don't think she's a chosen one. Like, yeah. I had heard so many people talk like that, and I'm like, like, I don't know. So but, stupid. Yeah. So anyway, that's the, the spiel about a little bit about the religion and what they believe in um but let's get into like the conditioning because there's like the religious part of it you know like the spiritual and like that's what people are attracted by right but then very sneakily there's those manipulation tactics and those like Mm -hmm. in layman's terms like brainwashing basically that takes place to keep these people in that religion and basically get them to devote their whole life to, mm-hmm. you know, being a Jehovah's Witness. So you're a little bit more familiar with, like, all that. Um, um, or can you, like, highlight any things, like, certain aspects that you know, like, okay, will they do this to manipulate them or anything like that? So we're going to get into the conditioning, right? Yeah. Um, so when I initially left the church, that was a big part of, my like my deconstructing of my of this belief system is understanding the because I honestly like I don't know about you but I felt like am I is this real is this actually like as shitty as it's kind of looking as I'm finding out you know like as you're finding things out you're like man this is really shitty is this did this actually happen to me like why is this happening to me and to other people I think it's because like when you're in it like we were basically in a bubble like right we had every all of our needs were being met within that community right you had your friends you found your boyfriend husband partners yeah like you networking all of your networking was under there's a lot of people work together a lot of yeah 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 um, so a big part of it for me was like kind of understanding like, well, what's, what happened here? And then yeah. understanding that like a lot of the power that these organizations have come from mind control, come from manipulation, come from gaslighting, like learning oh, about a huge one. gaslighting was like, 
fuck, my entire childhood was gaslighting. I like, mean, a lot of things fell off. This is so embarrassing, but I really didn't know what the word gaslighting was until, like, maybe two years ago. Yeah, and yeah. Like, when I found out, I was like, Were you, like, what? my whole childhood was gaslighting? Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah. So, that was big for me, like, understanding that 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 was happening and that that kind of made me feel better right yeah. like I was like it's okay because like it's it's a thing that's like it wasn't my fault right it was yeah. it was so anyway I looked into so I, I shared this with you the last time but the bite model was big for me um like reading so it's basically let me actually explain what the bite model is but it's um so I can read it straight off of this thing. Okay. So let's see. What is the bite method? The bite method is a way of outlining the different methods of mind control that cults use to gain and retain control over people and their thoughts. Um, let's see. What does B stand for? Mm, behavioral, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the bite method consists of four major methods of control, behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. So when I read, when I like, I just took a look at it and it had all of these different examples of like control basically. And I was like, check, 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 or whatever. But then they also have like their own, um, they did one on Jehovah's Witnesses, or they assessed it, mm-hmm. and yeah, it talks about what we were just talking about, like, um... So let's break it down. For example, so B, behavioral, um... Dictate where, how, and with whom the member lives and associates or isolates. So yeah. our whole... Like, I don't know about you, but I know for us it was... Because every congregation is different, and that's another thing that adds to it I feel Uh um but for us it was like your family is the congregation it's not your blood family it's not your aunts your uncles that are not a part of Jehovah's like you know family it's us so that was a big one right yeah um like in your congregation you found your friends you found right yeah your close circle um another thing is if any of y'all went to school with like a Jehovah's Witness Mm -hmm. or have friends that are Jehovah's Witnesses and you notice that they're kind of like standoffish it's because we're always told that we shouldn't be friends with people outside of the church and that those are bad associations and um yeah that's like a way that they control our behavior so I know when we were growing up it was three times a week yeah the meeting so a lo- a big part of your time is there like even as a kid right so that's another thing that could be used to control people like keep them in a bubble make your routine for you so right oh they do like a schedule you have a schedule i forgot you literally have a schedule like um you're you have the three meetings that are usually sunday tuesday and thursday or sunday wednesday and friday um so like every other day um and like you couldn't miss those. Like if you miss those, you got a call. Yeah, he would was, get a call. We missed you, and even that, yeah. even that is manipulative. Like yeah, like you on. knew yeah. that you were in trouble. Like not nothing like officially in trouble, but you knew that like you were 
and that was in Kabul, you know, yeah. like it's hard to like describe what it was like in there because listen, like we're talking about it now, and it's so obvious, obvious that obviously that's that's manipulation, obviously that's yeah. like toxic, right? But inside, it was it was re- re- rewarded re like it was like oh that's so sweet that they called to check yeah. on you that's so sweet that like they're worrying about right yeah. and yeah but like look obviously on from the outside looking in, it's like yeah that was that was bad but another let's just i'm gonna just read two that i feel like are huge um rewards and punishments used to modify behaviors both positive and negative that's so what is it, Pavlov's experiment? Basically. Pretty much, yeah. pretty much, and what that does to you. And like, I feel like that has shit. a lot to do with like our self-esteem, especially as women. Oh, um, yeah. Like, and I, I would say that right now in my life. I mean, not just exclusively because of the religious trauma, but um, mm. it's a huge part of why I have a low self-esteem and why mm. I'm such a people pleaser and why I have like imposter syndrome and. Mm why like if I mess up sometimes I feel like it's the end of the world mm. because I don't know I for me like I just felt like I had to be perfect all the time because you're always looking for that validation like you want it at in the in the church from what I remember like as a little kid like parents are always like oh you have to learn this bible verse you have mm-hmm. to learn to recite it you have to raise your hand at the meeting to comment even if you just like if even if the answer is just like jehovah or Mm -hmm. jesus you know Mm -hmm. like you um you were encouraged to do that because and then when you did that everybody praised you everybody Mm -hmm. was like oh my god you're so cute you're so good like yeah like you had and those were the rewards like that validation and then you come to seek it because it's like i want people to think that i'm a good person i want people to think i'm spiritual i want and it's that like what's everyone else gonna say and Mm -hmm. that's a huge part of like that culture like whatever you do or don't do what are others gonna say so that what are others gonna say i think it's so isa and i have different experiences my parents weren't weren't um they didn't have any like quote-unquote privileges um i was doing the (laughs) i did that um to myself i i was i was uh putting that pressure on myself but you had your dad was an elder and yeah. and you can cut this out but i remember like my brother being like when we were when we were younger he was like i don't know what it is about elders kids like they all messed up somehow like they've they're all, the worst they all have <laughs> some kind of like issue like they mm-hmm. all have some kind of like emotional issue he meant because it seemed like a lot of them were kind of like falling apart around us like we were looking everywhere and they were like all of them were having mental breakdowns and it's like shit the fucking pressure yeah. of having so you have to be perfect because otherwise your dad looks bad. 100%. And if your dad looks bad, he will be publicly shamed in front of the entire congregation. Because he'll privilege. take away his privilege right, and his pri- he'll announce it. That his, yeah. that his daughter, um, I don't know, ate a Snickers or something. Like, it's so, Snickers. <laughs> I don't know, whatever uh, whatever sin you committed that day. Yeah. Like, it's that's so much on, like, a little girl. Yeah. On a, on I a like child. I was, I was carrying the pressure of, like, my dad was the one with the privilege. Yeah. But if he wasn't able to keep it, it was my fault. Right. And that is just huge. And I remember it was always, like, if, to anyone who was an elder or anyone, I, elders that any of that stepped down or gossip, you know, because everybody talked about the elders. Yeah. Um, like And their families. And their families, of course. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
how were they going to have that privilege if they couldn't even keep order in their own house? In their own house, yeah. And so that pressure came on to me and my family and my mom and my sister. And yeah. I was young. You were a child. You I were a child. a child. So on top of like, wanting the very human thing that is, like, validation, like, like you know. Yeah. Um, you had that other pressure of, like, if Having I am not this. Right. Yeah. And then you probably heard it at home. I know you. Oh, I know you did. You're like, times. what are people going to say? What is, yeah. you know, whatever. That's so much on a kid to carry. Yeah. So let's talk about you then. So you did this to yourself. I did you this to myself. I, I, <laughs> my, um, what were we talking about? What, what question are we on? Um, the, uh, we talked Conditioning. about behavioral and, um, yeah, I think we're on the I Oh, the, the rewards and... Um, oh, so we were talking about the bite model, which was, like, yeah. fundamental for me. Like, it was huge. And this this is why I... This almost encouraged me and, like, validated the whole experience. Um, but we were talking about the behavioral control that, that um, is a part of the B in the bite model yeah. um, that cults use to keep, you know, their members... Submissive. Submissive. Yeah. So... Yeah, with me, it was, I didn't have, like, my family structure was kind of, like, falling apart. Like, my parents, I, they're divorced now, but they weren't doing too well, um, like, with, like, when I was growing up or whatever. And I found so much, like, structure and stability and a family um, that I thought would be ideal um, within the congregation. And so I knew if I did things a certain way... Um, I knew that if I behaved a certain way, if I, whatever, I would get that validation and I would feel like I was on the road to having this family yeah. that I wanted. So that's where it my... It make up for what you didn't have at home. Right. So although yeah. I was, I didn't have two people at, at home telling me like, oh, you have to keep up with appearances. You have to do these things. I was hearing this. I was still attending the meetings two, three times a week. Mm -hmm. And so... I was hearing those things from the leaders, right? Your like, spiritual moms. Right. Had, the grandmas, yeah. the moms, the dads that I had in the congregation. I yeah. I heard all of those things from them. Um, and I and so, I'm sure like you got so much praise because you so went by yourself, right? So much. For, for a bit there, I went by myself. Um, towards the end, for sure, I went by myself. But um, yeah, for sure. I got so much like, and then that's where it's hard. And we can talk about that later. Like, the healing part of it is rough because there were so many people. Yeah, I experienced a lot of gaslighting. I experienced a lot of manipulation. I experienced a lot of shame from these people. But I also experienced, like, these. a lot of them, some of them were terrible. But, like, some of them were great. And some of them put a lot of time and effort into me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I felt love from them. And I'm sure that in their own way, they, like, they tried to encourage me in the best way that they could. So that's where it's kind of hard where it's like, oh, like, I like I had a lot of guilt for well, leaving yeah, when I found like out. Them because they for invested sure. all this time, and in they you. didn't have to because you know it yeah. wasn't their kid or whatever. But yeah, so for sure I had pressure that I put on myself <laughs> from, and then I also had like the congregation's pressure for sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What about the T? What does the T stand for? The T stands for well, the I stands for information control and. <laughs> Oh, we can just do one little thing. And this is like, this is enough, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not allowed to, we weren't allowed to Google ourselves. 
Yeah, and not like your name yourself, but like, no, like you're not allowed to go right. Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, you that they, those were dangerous waters. If you yeah, did. and I was I was scared. I don't know about you, but I felt like actual fear. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, I like, felt fear. They. They're so good. Yeah, like, they were so good at telling Let's you. Let's give them that. They're good at yeah, it. Yeah, because they were like, I mean, it felt like if you did that, you were jumping off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Like, you were immediately going to be an apostate, like. Yeah. And who it's like, knows what you were going to read. And, like, all of the stuff that was out there was lies. And mm-hmm. just don't read it. If you want to learn about, you know, like. Anything. Only things you should, <laughs> your only point of reference should be. JW.org. Yeah, <laughs> or the videos that they self-publish. Like, right. Yeah, it was so frowned upon. And then amongst that, too, like, I remember there would be, like, articles in the Watchtower that said that, you know, um, I don't know if this has changed given, like, the social climate now, how, like, therapy is encouraged. Mm-hmm. But I remember there were times where it literally verbatim said, like, you should not seek like help from a therapist mm. or read like self help books right. because why would we be taking advice mm-hmm. or guidance from a human being when we mm-hmm. have the Bible that is God's word and it's inspired by God and it's holy and it's not wrong? It's like and com- I was like, what the hell? It's like- comical because like all of the publications are inspired or like literally made by seven dudes in New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like. Oh, um, right before I left, um, I knew this girl who had, you know, she, she, she was interested in therapy. Um, she thought it would help her, but she didn't feel like she could. And she was so, I remember her being there was so, such shame. No, but she was so excited because she was like, they're releasing an article next month and it talks about like mental health. And it, there's like a little part that says like, you should seek Help, help if you feel like you need it and she was so excited that she was finally getting like approval oh or whatever God. and it's like dude like if you actually like now that i think about it i'm like damn all those fucking people that like committed really, suicide yeah and, they yeah. really needed it and i know we joked about it earlier but like the whole like we used to be like what is up with the elders kids like they're all like they all need something or whatever yeah yeah so all of these kids that were you know, they had all this pressure on them and the entire world on their fucking shoulders. Sure, and is that they, why I have back problems? <laughs> probably, girl. And no. Um, and so, like, all of these people that needed help probably couldn't get it. And yeah. they're probably waiting for this approval yeah, as well. So it's like, but fuck. The, also, like, I'm not saying, like, not, I'm not justifying them or anything um, whatsoever, but it also shows how, like, the Jehovah's Witnesses changed their teachings mm-hmm. as time goes by and they always call it new light be- according to mm-hmm. like what's going on in society because back then i think we can all agree that like therapy came with a stigma of like you only went to therapy if you had a mental illness and, and if mental you were... illnesses were wrong and now yeah. everybody like we all have mental illness <laughs> Come on, like, <laughs> literally. literally yeah mental illnesses were, was bad like it was it was scary it was it was unknown yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, you yeah. were like you were sick yeah um, and it wasn't you know like preventative kind of like it, how it is now uh-huh. it was more like if you got to that point of needing therapy like you were a goner basically yeah and now of course like societal perspective has changed when it comes to that topic so mm. now that you mentioned that that your friend was like happy that she got approval like that makes me happy because the people that are still in there yeah like, yeah have it okay and have a green light to like now be able to seek the help that they therapy. needed years ago the problem however 
is remember when we talked about this network that like every, like so everybody that you know is oh god a don't tell me they're going to GW they are oh. they are yeah I knew a few that went to yeah so it's like wait oh, okay but I'm interested to know like how that JW became a therapist in the first place well can we talk about privilege too within the oh but actually yeah. yeah we that we can talk about that in the second one but you told me about what your what you were told right about uh-huh. the the um what did like when you started sharing your story what did she say to you she said that sounds like oh when I started there when I was going to therapy and I was telling my therapist about like everything that I was going through and she was like well that sounds like spiritual abuse right your therapist identified that what like within uh, literally the first meeting okay exactly you... <laughs> I like these these witnesses that are going oh my god they didn't want them to know they're in a cult right oh right so it's like yeah i don't think that they can because to them that's going to sound normal they're like oh your elder told you that you were they're probably going to turn around and snitch (laughs) right i mean i don't know i don't know if they i don't know if they can but they probably would if they could you know yeah so yeah so like you know a normal one a normal one (laughs) would like identify like oh that's why you're anxious or that's why you feel whatever and when they're going to somebody (laughs) like that's all they know as well like oh that sounds fine to me oh my god that makes me so yeah sad and upset and just i want to like smash something (laughs) (laughs) no but i hope that they're not all going to yeah but I imagine that, like, if you are not, like, you don't have any doubts or if you're completely submerged in this in this world, like, as I was, and you hear, like, your therapist be like, that sounds like abuse, that you're not, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be like, well, I have to find another therapist. Oh, 100%. They will, so, like, turn on them and be like, oh, this yeah, is Satan's work. Exactly. Like, so I think, although but, we hope that they're okay, like, I, that they're getting the help that they need if they need it. I don't think that that's that simple. Yeah, no, so. you're totally right. Um, um, but anyway, so let's, so thought control is another, did we do talk, thought control? Uh, I think, I we, think we, we did like, information. We didn't like address it specifically, but I mean, everything that we've said it's so far. Yeah. Yeah. So um, require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. We, we literally oh, called it the truth. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally yeah. called the truth. Yeah. Oh, um, and let's talk about how you're not allowed. Well, we talk about like how you're not allowed to like do research outside. Right. But if you even so much as like question anything, mm-hmm. you're getting a talking to. Because yeah. if you do not accept what they say for what it is, like if they say the sky is green mm-hmm. and you say it's blue that's just not okay yeah like the sky is green if they say it's green. like <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's how so it is. definitely information control and thought control like you are too this do you remember that one article uh-huh. were you still in it when they, they were like ramping up their whole like end of the world is coming mm-hmm. um things and the i think it was a letter actually that mm-hmm. said from the governing body to the congregations and it said that you you guys need oh. to be ready to jump when we say jump right and you yeah. better be ready to like not question what we're telling you to do but just do it yeah and i was like what the hell? like it yeah. made it sound very serious like armageddon was going to be tomorrow right but 
I mean, like, how much more, like, controlling can you get than I that? I remember the reactions to that. It was like, oh, shit, like, we really have to be, like, on, like, there's no playing around now. If you're, if you're fucking around, you better get your shit together. Yeah. Because it's coming. And, like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. I wanted to go to college then, I was like, no, fuck college. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't go to college. I have to go preach. Um, Let's talk about that. Because we that's will. always it's, just... It's coming. Oh, That's man. such a huge fuck. Well, okay, so thought, under thought control is also like decide between good versus evil and still um, black and white, th- black and white thinking. I'll mm-hmm. organize people into us versus them. So, um, brothers, sisters, or I think they call them friends now, um, versus worldly people, or like you know, you remember that. Yeah. So we couldn't sure. be friends with worldly it people. It very much was an us versus them mentality. Like I mean, we, we were call, gonna survive. We call and... ourselves they called themselves the truth. Yeah. We used to call ourselves the truth. Yeah. So. And it's like we were gonna survive and everybody else was gonna die unless we went to go preaching to them. Yeah. And if anybody did anything like any non witness person did anything like bad oh it's us because they're part of satan's world that has to do something to do like like we were joking about it earlier like are we narcissists because (laughs) but of course we fucking are probably better than everyone else am i the the drama yeah i probably am because i'm sorry i grew up in a cult um to quote the great taylor swift i'm the problem it's It's me me. (laughs) yes to quote our lord and savior taylor swift Um, (laughs) yeah emotional support um so just to finish this off uh, we were we were talking about the conditioning that happens as a witness, and we just wanted to do the whole like yeah the control whole model part. just so that you guys can yeah. see how like the way that the religions organized like fits perfectly into the definition like textbook definition yeah. of a cult yeah because according to them they're not a cult but guys this is like anyone who says it's proven. a cult they're a cult don't, don't listen to uh, that so um, that was emotional so emotional control yeah um well this one kind of is triggering um. And still fear, such as fear of thinking independently of the outside world, and losing oh salvation, leaving or being, leaving like that. That was really oh. that was really hard. Um, uh, let's see, phobia indoctrination. Do you remember all those pictures in that red book? That was so scary. Oh, apocalypsis. Yeah. Oh my god. I was terrified of that. Um, no, okay. Never a legitimate reason to leave. Those who leave are weak, undisciplined, unspiritual, worldly, brainwashed by family or counselor, or seduced by money, sex, or rock and roll. Oh. <laughs> Not the rock and roll. Oh, and you're literally wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt right and now. what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that we can talk about when we talk about our exit, but that was such a, like... You know when somebody's calling you a oh liar God, you're and you're right. like, I'm this not a fucking so liar, triggering. you're a liar, you're a fucking liar. And you can't say that because they're liars, so they like it doesn't matter what yeah. you say. So you just have to walk away. That's what that triggered in me. Like oh that that memory of just having to leave and just having everybody think like she's or they're just leaving to have sex or whatever. We were married already. Um <laughs> I mean there's that's just but so you know what conflicting. I mean? yeah. yeah. Because like there, it's there's so much that goes into that. Yeah, I'm like I'm there. I mean, like my I mean, brain they, right now is like the cloud of just like thoughts. But it sucks because you can't really have a conversation with anybody because we, I mean, we grew up with the exact same teaching, so we know what they're thinking. And yeah. when you want to discuss those things, it's like 
I know what's going through your mind. I know that as soon as I say, well, like, I just... Because that's how the whatever. way that you would have responded to it. Exactly. Yeah. And you you know how it works because you've seen it happen before. Like, other people have left. And what did your brain... Like, your brain literally turns off. And it's such a weird thing yeah. that happens. But your brain literally turns off and it goes... I mean, if they're going to tell you why they left and it's not... You're not listening. Whatever. Yeah. It's like apostate. Or yeah. it's... Like, it completely just shuts down and stops thinking and you just you just see like bad you just see like yeah. satan you just see what you know and it's yeah well it's thing. it's that like fear mongering that but it literally that's is still because like there's fear of you know you can't mess up yeah. there's fear of if you mess up what are people going to say yeah uh, there's fear of getting kicked out which mm-hmm. we'll get losing into my family. story yeah. losing your family like literally um that i think that's like the biggest thing and then there's also fear of like Everything you built, I mean, all the fucking anxiety that you went through to, in my case, like, be Mm -hmm. perfect. In Mm -hmm. your case, you know, to, like, set the standard for yourself, your reputation that you built, you know, Mm -hmm. in there. And then you decide to leave. And then, like you said, people shut down and immediately you're the devil walking around and you have been seduced by rock and roll like it literally is i think in magazine and in watchtowers they actually said like 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 rock and roll they probably did in the 90s but it's it's just it's so infuriating because it minimizes our experience and we know why we left we know that there are some like really serious issues and like how you said like the pictures and all their books and pamphlets and stuff Mm -hmm. anytime that it was they, they were trying to juxtapose like witnesses versus like the worldly people that they called it was always witnesses in like the picture of them was like them preaching or them having a picnic Mm. reading the bible Mm -hmm. or them you know being at a meeting and then when they had the pictures of like the world (laughs) it was somebody some guy who just got off work with like his shirt unbuttoned like his top two buttons and he was smoking and drinking whiskey with a flannel (laughs) yeah and then there was like this girl in like some skimpy red dress with curly hair and like hoop earrings yeah um and what else like a sick person like they made you like look at this like and that's like you know like i mean it was communicated to us many times the world yeah that leaves an impression yeah like you can either have this like peaceful graceful life or Mm -hmm. you can go to fucking yeah a shit show yeah but it's like now that i'm out like my life's pretty fucking great. I mean, yeah. it comes with, like, like of course, a does. struggle, yeah, yeah. but I'm so much more at peace, and I'm not rock and rolling around, you know? <laughs> like, I'm just chilling in my bed. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm just with my dogs in my at my house. <laughs> like, and I think, like, everybody thought, like, oh, well, like, if I leave or if I get kicked out, like, I'm immediately yeah. going to fall into, like, drug addiction and, like, yeah. all this and because all that. Because that's how I was painted. Yeah. So, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Anyway, what were we going to talk about? I think everything is going to go wrong or whatever. I remember, like, yeah, so this is kind of a dark thought, but, like, I remember hearing what people would say about people that left, and I remember, like, hearing stories or, like, oh, well, you know, their their baby died or their mom died or whatever, Mm -hmm. they died or whatever, and it's, like, looking back, I think I'm, like, dude, if that's my punishment for questioning something that I like, I felt really strongly against this. This was, I thought, like, this is wrong. This, the, yeah, I left because I felt like I couldn't raise a kid here. I felt I left because I felt like this was just 
it was right and wrong for me. It was like, this is wrong, I gotta go. And you're telling me that God is gonna punish me for for seeing something that's very clearly wrong and leaving, and this is gonna happen to me? Like, if that is the God that I was worshiping, like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. I don't need to be a part of this if that is who I was, you know, living my life for, so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you a question now that we've like gone through basically like the programming and basically defined that it is a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you've just we've discovered that like our thoughts and everything that we grew up in weren't mm-hmm. our own mm-hmm. and they were just conditioning. Do you have any like regrets or resentments, you know, of things that whether like you weren't allowed to do or you were forced to do or like you had to do? Because of everything that you were taught? Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it last time. Like, I I think I asked you and we both mm-hmm. answered, like, the same thing. I was like, so, like, if you could change it, would you change it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, both... like, if you could go back now, like, what would you change? I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to grow. Obviously, it's hard because everything that we went through brought us to where we are now. And mm-hmm. I'm happy with my life now. I know you're happy. But, yeah, like, I would absolutely erase that part of my life I would absolutely erase being part being born into a cult that limited me in a lot of ways um we've talked about I don't know if I can get into the personal life part because I haven't quite processed that part if Mm -hmm. I would change it I would say probably not like the way that my personal life went Mm -hmm. um I would probably I wouldn't I don't think I would change that um like, as far as, like, having Nova and stuff like that? Having or... Nova, getting married at the age that I got married at, like, that is what left, like, that is what led me to exit that. Yeah. So, no, I wouldn't change that. But, like, as, like, my professional life, my education, absolutely. I have so many insecurities tied to, like, not going for, uh, I don't know if we talked about that in the conditioning part, but, like, higher education is not encouraged, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talked about the letter that that we received, and I was like, that like if I had any like little thought about going to college, I was like, nope, you're not going yeah. to college because the the world is literally ending, and I truly believed that it was. And when I left, I remember that was a big part. Like that was one of the things that made me the most angry. Not was, going to college. Yeah, not not. Yeah, not like living a a normal life like that yeah. was really really rough and it's still one of my biggest insecurities like oh my god like are we the same person because probably. i have the same regret i like it'll come up for me in different um conversations and different um like relationships it'll come up where yeah. where something is said and i have i am I, your mind immediately takes it to oh, i'm not good enough because i didn't go to college exactly yeah. like at work at a lot in relationships where I will hear something and I will interpret it as you're dumb. Like yeah. I will, I, that's what I hear. Yeah. And I, I remember not to cut you off. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah. Like I just agree a hundred percent because I remember, like you said, in any sort of relationship when I was dating, mm-hmm. uh, and like on Bumble and online, you dating, have to like and, put like, that you, on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have to, but you don't yeah. have to, but a lot of people, what do you it. talk about on a first date? Yeah. What do you do for work? Where did you go to college? Oh what do you do God. for fun? This is so cringy and so embarrassing to admit. Uh So glad it didn't work out with that guy. Uh And I felt so guilty because I lied. And I (gasps) said that I had gone to college or I was, (laughs) or that I was like, I was 
in college or something like that. I mean, this huh. was like years ago, so uh-huh. I don't like remember. But I lied out of shame mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. not having gone to college. Mm-hmm. And it was only with that one guy and I never did it again. It just didn't I, feel it just, right. Yeah. I felt so icky. But yeah, that's one of my biggest like resentments and sorry, I totally took control of like No, the, I wanna the subject, hear this but, because that's that's kinda um, what I'm going through it and I'm still going through it. I still am trying to feel comfortable with this and it's like And like people, I don't like Especially, like, in today's society where, like, people are successful without a college exactly. degree. I like, it's not the same thing, though. I'm, like, I know it's a piece of paper, but it's, like, something that's... $40,000 t- in debt or, yeah. you know, whatever. Right, like, like we do avoid that. But at the same time, it's, like, I know I remember, like, in my past relationship, like, uh, something that he always told me was, like, I want you to just go and take a class just so that you can see that you can just so that you can see that this is, like, you're a smart person. Your boss told you this? Or? No, uh, my ex told uh-huh. me this. He was like, you should do this just so that you can, sh- like, because I feel like I, it's a very obvious when you are in a relationship with me, when you know me, like, closely, like, you will know that this uh-huh. is something I'm insecure about, like, yeah. how smart I am, how, whatever. And he was like, I think you should just take a class just so you know that you can. Just so that you can tell, it, so that, like, your self-esteem can catch that and be like, I am smart. I'm capable. I'm whatever. Would that do and it for you, though? Because I don't think that would I do it for me. I don't know. I don't know. I have Because I've never done it. <laughs> so, um... See, like... I don't I, know. I, I have an associate's. Mm-hmm. But to me... Oh, this is going to be so messed up. But to me, that's even more embarrassing. That, like, not... Why? At all. Because the way that I see it, like, okay, you have an associate. So what? Like, it's mm. nothing. And I'm like, to me, it feels like a waste. Yeah. And I, I've actually been thinking about this a lot lately because very, not at my current job, but mm-hmm. at the job that I left prior, I um, was asking for more money. <laughs> and <laughs> one of the things that was mentioned in passing was that I don't have a degree. Mm-hmm. But I was literally working myself to the bone and I got the validation from everyone else mm-hmm. but that was their excuse one of their excuses to like not. Yeah. And ugh, like that just sent me like into a very dark place because like it like reinforced all the negative thoughts yeah. that I already had, yeah. you know? And I know it's not because I'm not smart. Yeah. I know it's not because I wasn't doing my job. Like, yeah. I I feel like that was a very petty comment mm-hmm. and because they knew that that would hurt me. Um, but anyway, like, yeah, like, obviously I mean, David tells yeah. me now sometimes, like, we'll go, you know? Yeah. And I, I was looking at myself in the mirror the other day doing my affirmations. And I was like, I was like, Thinking like, As you do, why right? why can't I go? Like I can go. Like I, I I can go. I can sign up. I don't have kids. You know, like yeah. I have no other commitments besides my job. Like why am I not in school? And I realize that it's like this mental block that has mm-hmm. been within me for so long of not feeling good enough yeah. and low key still feeling like I'm doing something wrong because oh well this world's gonna end. Why do I need a degree mm-hmm. anyway? Yeah. Like I'm sorry. And then at the same time, like. It's not, like, physically, yeah, it may appear easily, or mm-hmm. appear as easy, mm-hmm. 
But it's always the mental thing. And I, I mean, that, that goes, that. like, yeah. with any to anything, you yeah. know? But, like, for this, for me, it's just, I just can't. Yeah. Like, I can. I know I can do it. I know I'm smart enough. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, but I just can't because my mind. Yeah. And I'm trying to, like, reshape that mentality because it's affected me for long enough now. And, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm starting to get tired of it, finally. Mm-hmm. And shifting it into just a different perspective because I have used it as a scapegoat and like to victimize myself and like, Same. oh, I'm such a little victim because my parents told me not to go to college, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And like, I think but I'm tired of because I feel like I'm getting to that place where like, okay, like you're I'm about shedding. to go over yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm starting to climb that hill and yeah, where yeah. I'm seeing the the other side still. So, I'm not. But I completely <laughs> yeah. understand like that insecurity yeah i feel like we i've 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 experienced similar things and i don't know i yeah i'm tired of like of my i'm tired of my own story too and it's that's another hard thing because it's like it's i mean it's been how long for me it's been six years since i left this bubble right Mm -hmm. and six years is like, like it almost, I want to tell myself like, that's enough time and just get over it and start living. But this is like your whole life. But this is my entire life. And it's also an insecurity that I now carry. And it's also something that I'm still processing. And it's also something that I, that kind of took who I was and, or told me who I was. And that was comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, and now I have to, like, know who I am and tell myself who I am and, like, figure that out. And that's too fucking hard, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so do you feel like... And I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, from a psychology perspective, I'm yeah. not me getting... Like, <laughs> not, <laughs> not us applying what we, like, read. <laughs> associate's degree education. <laughs> Get it, girl. What did you learn? Um, Tell us. So... I don't even know if this is like legit. This is just a theory, but like, I feel like in our situation, like we're like I don't want to say babies, but we're like kids again. Like we're like relearning mm, everything. Yeah. So yeah, six years that we've been out of it may sound like a long time. Yeah. But I mean, we were programmed for 23, 24 years mm-hmm. of our life. Like it's not going to be that easy. Not only are we having to relearn how to be human, a uh-huh. normal human at that coming into it with trauma, mm-hmm. coming into it with anger issues, resentment, guilt, shame, but we're doing it alone. Yeah. My husband doesn't understand what I've been through. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't even fucking understand what mm-hmm. I've been through. Yeah. Like maybe your ex-husband understood for a little bit since y'all exited together. Yeah. But yeah. For sure. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, but I it, mean, it's hard. It's also like different. Cause like we, like we were everyone has a different journey right so like mm-hmm. yeah we were both like oh, us too we're kids of this like organization but yeah. like just like kids of two said like a some parents or whatever they all have different experiences and we my experience was different his experience was different like we all react to things differently but yeah like i don't i don't know so i guess the point of this is like we should give ourselves grace I, yeah, but we should also, okay, so I don't know how you feel about this, but I felt like we also left in our early 20s, like after the, like after like life decisions are unfortunately made, because like in our society at 18, you're supposed to know what the fuck you want, and I didn't 
for sure know what I want. But we exited, like, I exited after being married. Mm-hmm. After, like, I was pregnant, you know? Yeah. And it's not like I exited at yeah, 17. Yeah, you were, like, a whole-ass adult. I was a whole-ass adult, and I was in 17, and, like, oh, okay, cool, I still have a year to, like, apply for college. Like, it's, it's like, okay. Yeah. I had left that already, and that was an insecurity. 18, okay, 19, so... 20, 21, 20. So, like... It had been a few years where, like, people were all, almost graduating by the time that I exited this school. Yeah. And I felt like, and I still do, you know, I'm like, oh, oh that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah. Do you still feel like you were, like, you're left behind? Like, yeah, for like sure. And I feel I feel, I'm like, feel a little better because I talk to people that aren't in uh-huh. the, that didn't grow up in this cult and they, like, take a year, like, or two extra to graduate so they're like 24 and they haven't graduated and they feel like such insecurity and such like shame from this and i'm like dude you're 24 you're fine you're you're gonna do it you're gonna graduate you're graduating it's fine yeah and then i kind of think of my experience i'm like okay so it's okay if they feel it i i definitely feel it i feel like it's hard. It's hard yeah. seeing people graduate from college and like you're like yeah, yeah. like you know we were robbed of that experience for basically. sure because it's not the same graduating at 22, 24, where if like we were to go back now or even back then when we left, starting at twenty three, graduating at close to thirty, yeah, like, I and feel like that's not. It should be celebrated, but I feel like it's, it's not, not. You know, no. like it's people kind of celebrate like, like okay, weddings about and damn shit. time. You know, yeah. I felt also, I still feel an insecurity with, because, like, obviously, like, I think everyone is smart. I think, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think circumstance and, and environment, like, affect that or whatever, but I think everyone is smart. I definitely didn't try in high school. I didn't. I, I had maybe, like... Well, because you were so focused on... <laughs> I Yeah, I... Well, for one, towards the end of high school, I was like, I'm going to... I don't care about this. Like, um, the world's going to end. I don't need to go to college or whatever. But for a lot of it, I had, like, family, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that and also, like, childhood things okay. that told me that I wasn't good enough or whatever. So, like, oh my I, God, I'm so sorry. I had that stuff, right, in high school mm-hmm. that made me, like, not try or whatever hard enough because I felt I was, like, I was told I was the dumb one, so I'm the dumb one, you know, so it's um, yeah. it's fine. Um, and then I was like, I use the church also like, well, it's fine because the world's going to end and I'm going to be a pioneer and I'm good at that. So it's like, you know, so yeah, there's a lot to it, but it's cool. We're going to, we're going to be fine. (laughs) Is it cool though? Because I don't think it's cool. (laughs) We're fine. We're uneducated and fabulous. And we have to like join book clubs and read tons of books to like catch up with people and, but we're fine. We're fine. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah. And also just before we move from the topic of college, like uh personally I remember like I wanted to go and I was like and this is also like part of like the struggle of like being like first generation and like mm. child of immigrants. Like I was filling out like the FAFSA application on my own and you know those questions are yeah. I don't fucking know the answers yeah. to and it's so hard and like it's in English and like my parents don't know and like yeah, there was school counselors, but I never had any, like, educator who was, like, invested, you know, like, how you see in the movies, like, where they help you and right. stuff like that. No, like me either. So, there was that struggle for me where it was just, like, hey, this is too hard. Um, and then the additional struggle of, like, 
at that age, I was being encouraged to be a regular pioneer, mm-hmm. you know, be again with like the pressure to be perfect. And while I could have gone to college, um, if I like stood my ground, I just feel like that would have brought so much shame to mm-hmm. my family mm-hmm. and like, Oh look, she wants to be worldly. Like she's mm-hmm. not like devoted. She's not a pioneer. Yeah. Like she's On a top bad of seed. How hard it is to get like, in, like the applications and yeah. college and shit. Like you had this added, like, yeah, I'm and... going to disappoint my parents because I'm going to want to go to college. No, literally. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, I'm ready to move on from this topic. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start crying. Yeah. <laughs> So now that we've kind of broken the tip of the iceberg Mm -hmm. and you guys have a little bit of insight into like how we grew up and our mental state at the time, I guess we can say. Yeah, or looking back. Yeah. Yeah. Like now that you guys know a little bit about that, um, this episode's not about over an hour long, so I want (laughs) to move on to um, the next question that or the next topic that we want to talk about like when did you start to question your faith i mean we've talked about kind of like you know college 17 18 years old like Mm -hmm. when did it when did that change start for you so i didn't question my faith uh until i questioned the organization that i was in um i was married to somebody who was really like curious and he had some issues with we both grew up in it right Mm -hmm. um but he had some issues with his um faith for sure because he was really into science he is really into science and history there was a lot of inconsistencies obviously if you and i it's funny because one of the main reasons why we connected or or whatever was because he was so knowledgeable in all of this but honestly Mm -hmm. like if you read shit enough you're gonna have questions about it right Mm -hmm. so he that was what he was going through and it was about a year into our marriage where um where the other part had happened but that entire first year i mean we would go to museums we would like everything that he was consuming i was right next to him so obviously like the faith part of it like there were so many inconsistencies we'd go to the meeting and we'd learn about something and it'd be like wait we just saw at the museum that that's not true and that like mm-hmm. there's really really old civilizations what do you mean adam and eve happened this year like it just didn't make sense a lot of shit yeah, didn't make timeline is like so off yeah and, and and i mean we can get into like the bible itself but like that was basically what was happening for that first year for us mm-hmm. for me actually because so you could say like it started pretty like slowly like building up right so for him like he'd i think he'd always known about this but it was like really weighing heavy on him mm-hmm. or whatever so mm-hmm. um that was happening for him that first year and then he we talked about it because obviously like it's not like you can just go have doubts and like not your wife's not going to notice so yeah. I obviously was like what's going on and um he, we had a whole conversation about it but I don't think that his plan was to like do anything about it or he didn't quite know that he didn't quite he just wanted an answer, it sounds like. Yeah, and also, like, he wanted an answer, and he was, like, having a really hard time because this was also, like, what was his entire life. Yeah. And it being not real would really, really suck for him. And so that happened, and then I already knew about his doubts. Um, I decided to ignore them because, I mean, he explained them to me, and, yeah, they're 
they're real and yeah. i decided to ignore them because i was like i it's it's fine like if and this, so did you just like put them in a box and like never exactly them, don't or, don't think about what, it did he like plant a little seed or, or what um i mean he definitely was planting seeds left and right like that entire mm-hmm. first year like i by then was pretty knowledgeable in like the bible like not being the most (laughs) consistent with history and science or whatever like i already knew that but i was willing to like overlook that what really did it was he sent me a podcast an npr podcast i think Mm -hmm. i told you about this uh and it was the arc thing it was the australian royal commission it was basically like cps raiding the fucking kingdom halls here in america that's essentially Mm -hmm. what happened but in australia and in their investigation they found out a lot of shitty things about the policies within the Jehovah's Witnesses. Do you still have, I mean, I know this was years ago, but do you still have like the podcast link? Cause I, yeah, I, I can wanna, find it. Yeah. I would want to link it in the show notes for anybody. For sure. Who wants to listen. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll link it. I'll send you the link. Um, okay. so that he sent me that. And then, um, we had a meeting that day and I think, so he later wrote something about this or this experience or how he basically like, how we woke up or whatever um and in it he describes like so like he sent me the podcast i listened to it at work got home got dressed um we went to the meeting and he kind of describes like me being in the meeting and just being like overtaken by this love in the congregation (laughs) and it's absolutely true i loved going to the meetings i loved being with my friends i loved like hanging out with old people that i thought were my grandparents and like I loved being there. That was my entire life. Um, yeah. And I had that last meeting. And I think that was probably the last meeting where I was fully like, like, you know, in. And I never, and I was never, I wasn't thinking about the podcast the entire meeting. It wasn't mm-hmm. until the ride home where he you asked. literally like smothered in like this like. Love bombing is what yeah. it's called. Um, and we can talk, that's another part of uh, manipulation. Control, yeah. yeah. So, um. So then he asked me about it. He was like, hey, did you listen to what I sent you? And I was like, yeah. And then over the next two months, because I was, and he was like, well, what did you think? And I was like, uh, I need, I'm going to need a minute for that one. Yeah. And I kind of just, enjoy, like, I kind of just enjoyed my last meeting. And then I really dove in. And I, we talked about the bite model. We talked about, I, w- I watched different things, different documentaries. And I was very careful not to watch anything like apostate or whatever. Yeah. I just watched information. I, I educated myself on the policies within the Jehovah's Witnesses. I found out that it's really easy to, trigger warning, it's, it, um, it's really easy for pedophiles to exist within this organization because yeah. of its policies. And um, a lot of shit happens and a lot of people have power and a lot of people get hurt because of it. And so learning like that part of it, then the the faith part of it was kind of like, oh, fuck, you know, like, yeah, I really thought that this. I love how you did like very like impartial research, like you were very much about like the facts and not like apostate opinions and well i was careful because i thought apostates were okay so apostates in this world are the literal worst things that you can be in 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 the world right they're they trump being a murderer basically like they trump anything being apostate is the worst thing that you can be i was really careful not to read anything apostate because i didn't want to be an apostate 
now as I'm... Are we apostates now? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You call it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's us. No, um, well, honestly, like if, if questioning and... And like, if asking questions makes you an apostate, then yeah, I'm an apostate. That, yeah. that something didn't make sense to me, and I asked a question, and I was told like, just ignore it. Yeah. That's what we were told by the by the elders. But, um, so that's what really did it for me over the next two months. And I don't think my ex at the time was was I think he just had this information and didn't know what to do with it. He was just like, I this is really shitty, and I I can't function in the meetings because I know all of this stuff and this this is hard or whatever but then I was like two months in I was like okay we're leaving like this was like we were singing that song about Jehovah being our friend and I was like he is not my friend <laughs> like I like that is where to me Jehovah died and it was really rough it was literally I grieved it and it was really really hard though definitely the hardest thing I've ever done was grieving that um but in that moment, he died for me, and I was like, we got to go. And he was like, wait, what? <laughs> we, yeah. wait, I was like, yeah, you built all this up, and you, yeah. we got to go. And he's like, no, I just... Uh, uh, what do you mean you're right? What are you talking about? This is... Leaving is hard. So he was yeah. like, no, what do you... We can't just, like, pick up... And I was like, no, yeah, we, we can. Yes, we fucking can. And, yeah, that's kind of how that went, or whatever, and that's how we left. Yeah. But I want to hear about how you left. <laughs> oh, God. Mine yeah. is long. So, where do I even start? Like I said, like, there was only a couple of years where I was, like, invested mm-hmm. into the religion. Mm-hmm. The whole other time, I was just there because I had to be there, you know? Yeah. Like, I lived for my parents. My parents were witnesses. I couldn't just say, like, oh, I don't want to go to the meeting. I don't want to be a witness. Like, yeah, I, I couldn't. So I would go because I had to, and I tried. Like, I really tried to, like, like it, but I didn't. Yeah. So in me, I always knew, like, this isn't for me. Like, I was very depressed, like, I because I wasn't happy. Like, it was just not for me, but I mm-hmm. had to comply. So I tried to like it. I tried to, and maybe, like, maybe I pulled it off because yeah. I feel like a lot of people thought, like, I was, a mo- like, a, like, a role model mm-hmm. for the younger kids but I I said all that because like throughout while I was in the religion I was reprimanded several times mm-hmm. for sinning I had a premarital premarital sex it was the same thing like every time yeah. that I was in trouble um you got reprimanded for being a teenager <laughs> yeah literally for having yeah. hormones and you know all that Stupid, well yeah. i mean i guess i got reprimanded for taking action on <laughs> those feelings and those urges but we're just gonna call it what it is you were being human and like yeah being so, shamed for it um first time that happened i was like 17 um second time that happened i was probably like 20 mm-hmm. 20 yeah like 20 in my 20s early 20s and then the but those first two were private reprimand. I don't. How do you say censurada in English? I never knew how how that's it's not called. censored. Is it? I mean the literal translation yes, is censored, censored, but that's not like. I think they call it like reprieve, reprieve, but I reprieve, reprieved. I don't know. I looked I it know. up. 
Like, I looked up the definition for that word, and it just didn't make sense. But anyway, um, it was, like, a private discipline where the only people that knew that I had been in trouble were obviously my parents, because I lived with them. But it was the elders and myself. So nobody else in the congregation knew. It was kept very hush-hush. And the um, consequences of those private discipline was um, that... Wait, did you find the word? I think it is that. Reprove. Okay, that just doesn't sound right to me. But it doesn't sound right. Yeah. yeah. If anybody wants to know the English but you word still is approved, go through a judicial committee. Yeah. Which I'll get into that yeah, and how those that are, goes. Those are terrible because that is like intense, horrible. But yeah, so I went through these two like private approvals, and the consequences were basically that I wasn't allowed to comment or participate in the meetings. I wasn't allowed to have any sort of privileges. Um, people could still talk to me, you know, nobody had to know, like, it was just very private. I just mm-hmm. couldn't have any privileges, basically. Well, three strikes allowed, and you're out. <laughs> weren't allowed to speak. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to, yeah. So, uh, on the third time that it happened, um, I struck out because <laughs> mm-hmm. this time, it was, I got disfellowshipped. And being disfellowshipped means that you basically got kicked out, you're expelled, they don't want you, they don't claim you. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, like, uh, there's what we call a judicial committee. So every time that you commit like a serious sin, whether that's like adultery, fornication, which is what premarital sex would fall under, and other serious sins, mm-hmm. um, you have to you basically get literally what it's called a judicial committee there is a guy there's three guys three elders that meet with you and they ask you very invasive questions about the alleged sin in my case my sin was of a sexual nature so they were asking me how many times did you do it where did you do it Mm -hmm. did he penetrate you how many times did he penetrate you did you enjoy it like where did he suck your boobs like what yeah like it was super intense and i was i mean first time this happened i was like 17 dude like 17 20 up until like i was 23 you know like it and was like gross. grown married yeah, men. Yeah, they're grown men. I and a lot of the, the youngest you... one was like in his early 30s, and the oldest one was probably like 60 something. And a lot of the times, there's people that you grow up with. So oh, like yeah, you, you know, know them. They know, they, yeah. yeah. Like you go to their house to eat dinner. Like, yeah. You, your parents invite them over. Because like, the you four, know them. like, yeah, the four dads in your parents, like, friend circle just yeah. putting you in a room and asking you the most personal questions and and a lot of the times you're a minor when they're asking you these questions it should be legal i don't know understand how they're still doing yeah. it it's horrible it was just a very invasive very uncomfortable um but because it wasn't my first rodeo <laughs> like i feel like i had become like kind of insensitive to it i remember that that third time the third and final time I was just giving answers like very what's the word I'm looking for like like yeah point blank you know like very like 
removed from the situation. You disassociated. Yeah, I, no, literally, <laughs> yeah. I disassociated. But I remember that I cried, not because I was sad or anything, but because I thought that's what I had to do. Like, I mm. thought that that's what was expected of me. Because if I didn't cry, then they would think that I wasn't repentant. And then I would get disfellowshipped. Dude, you were just surviving. You were you were yeah. dissociating. You were... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, No, like, I remember crying. And I felt bad inside. I felt bad. Like, Isa, why are you crying if you don't want to cry? But then the other half of me was like, you have to cry because if you don't cry, then they're going to think you're being arrogant and you're not family. repenting. You're yeah. going to shame. You're going to... Yeah. Yeah. And so I cried and I, like, played the part of, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll never do it again. Or I can't believe I let Jehovah down, you know, like... Oh, my God. All Basically putting up a show. Um, and I guess I must have seen through my bullshit because... I'm <laughs> not a very good actress. Yeah. You know I, actually, and you know I what? Do it again. <laughs> I, I'm not a good liar at all. At whatsoever. I'm like the worst liar. And not even like because my lies are bad, but because like I'll out myself. Like I'll just like... I just can't. So yeah, I ended up getting disfellowshipped. And... Um, it was rough at the time I was still living with my parents and my family was going through like some other personal Mm -hmm. tribulations. Mm -hmm. And so the atmosphere of my home or the environment in my home was just not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, so my mental health, like just took a nosedive. Um, but anyway, one of the consequences of being disfellowshipped, like I said, is that you are basically shunned. Um, your family is not allowed to talk to you. If you don't live with your family, they cannot speak to you for mm-hmm. anything whatsoever at all. Not a hello, not a nothing, like nothing. And if they talk to you, they can get in trouble. Yeah. Um, in my case, I still lived with my, par- my, with my parents, so they were allowed to talk to me. Even then, like, it's supposed to be, the contract is supposed to be kept at a minimum, like, just for very basic things, like, excuse me, or, like, you know, anything that's just essential. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not supposed to, like, associate with me, they're not supposed to invite me out to eat if they go to dinner, Mm -hmm. like, nothing. Um, Of course, like, your friends, they're not allowed to talk to you. Anybody else in the church is not allowed to talk to you. They won't even, like wave if they see you they can't they don't smile at you like you're no literally dead yeah um so yeah and, and i think like that's one of like the more controversial topics when people talk about like jehovah's witnesses mm-hmm. maybe some of you guys know someone who used to be a jehovah's witness and they were disfellowship so they can like corroborate what i'm saying yeah but um it was very intense um and you were shunned from your community and your family. Yeah. And their justification behind that is that they use that as a form of, they don't call it punishment. They call it love. Uh, no. Loving, what, what do they say? Like loving How discipline. How are we no, not more fucked up if this is the idea of love that we grew up with? Like, just so you guys know, like shunning or giving somebody the silent treatment is is a form of manipulation. And that was, what you experienced was traumatic. That was trauma. Like, yeah. that's not okay. And so their whole objective is to, I, the way I understand it is like, show you what you're missing out on and what you're giving up because you're choosing a life of sin. Yeah. And you, let you, you make that choice. Yeah, you don't get to enjoy Jehovah's world and Jehovah's yeah. people if you 
go against him. Yeah, if you don't comply to what they're telling Mm -hmm. you, yeah, Mm -hmm. like, if you're not submissive to what you're supposed to be doing, then look at what you're going to miss out on. And that's supposed to motivate you to want to come back and build a relationship with Jehovah and, like, work on your spirituality and, like, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, it was really rough. (laughs) Um, To say the least. But, yeah, and so, like, going back to, like, the first couple of times that it happened, um, so that was, like, how I was officially out Mm -hmm. um after that happened while i was still living with my parents of course i kept going to meetings because i wasn't about to try to start fights with my parents about like why why am i not going um because you're supposed to show your repentance through action you know like going to the meetings i don't fucking know i finally moved out that summer or that next summer actually because that was summer 2017 so summer of 2018 i moved out and for a couple of months i kept going to the meetings but then i realized like okay this is not what i want to do this is like this is my chance you know like i'm already out like this is my chance so but anyway i wanted to rewind and go back to the first time that it happened when i was 17 when I got privately disciplined, where the only people that knew were my parents, myself, and the elders. I was a junior in high school, and I was a really good kid in high school. And because it was a private situation, like everybody else in the congregation still had me in really high regard. Like I was, I felt like I was, you know, one of, I don't want to say like a favorite kid, but like well liked mm-hmm. in the congregation mm-hmm. and I had like the grandmas and the grandpas and you know yeah. like the second moms and all that stuff like I felt very loved yeah and graduation was coming up and you know since we're not allowed to celebrate birthdays we're yeah. not allowed to celebrate anything else like for a Jehovah's Witness kid like your graduation party yeah. like that's it like that's, that's where you that's go that's your quinceañera all... yeah that's literally. your birthday party for the past 18 years yeah, yeah. Like, that's where you go all out everybody always looks forward to um going to a graduation party or having mm-hmm. a graduation party right um and i was i'm gonna cry and this Aww, is so stupid sorry. But, no it's not like i was so excited to have a graduation party because I, I, no, I, I never felt celebrated, yeah. you know? And I remember an older, um, I would call him like my grandpa, or he always felt like he was a grandpa. He kept asking me like, hey, what's your graduation party? Like, what can I help you with? Like, I'll pay for the DJ. Oh. And like, my parents and I would talk about it all the time before I got disciplined. Like, I would always say like, oh, I want this and I want mm-hmm. this theme and I want it to be like this. And my parents were always like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they were just being dismissive about it. Like, they never like, yeah. really did anything. But you were looking forward to it. I was yeah. so looking forward to it. And I could tell, like, other people were looking forward to it too, you know? Yeah. Because it was a celebration for basically the whole congregation. And so I told my parents, like, hey, he offered to pay for um, the DJ. <laughs> my parents were like, you're not going to have a party. Mm. You're not a good kid. Like, you don't deserve a party. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that shit, like, broke me. <laughs> you're not a good kid. That's... Yeah, like, it, it horrible. broke me. 
And I feel like that like goes a lot into just, I don't know, like the same insecurity with like school and mm-hmm. stuff. Like, I don't know. Like another reason why like I didn't want to, I, I felt like I couldn't go to college mm-hmm. because I wasn't a good kid, you know, like. I you internalized that, celebrated. yeah. And that was just... When you look at it, like, in a vacuum, like, a, a graduation party, okay, so what? Get over it. But, like, for me, mm-hmm. it was, like, such a formative moment. Like, it's yeah. a milestone, yeah. you know, to, like, graduate, especially when that's one of the few things that you can celebrate. Yeah. And that was, like, taken away from me because I made a mistake. Yeah. A mistake that... I was already feeling like shit about. I was already paying you the consequences for. And... Like, yeah. So that was super what a... intense. Oh, but I'm really sorry. Oh, I mean, I I know you shared with me the story of what happened then and the reaction then and the things that you were told then and then on top of that, you were told that you weren't like good. It, it, it really, like, minimized all my efforts because, like, after that happened, like, mm-hmm. I was trying really hard. Like, okay, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to work mm-hmm. really hard to get my privileges back. I'm going to work really hard to be, like, a good person. And mm-hmm. this was, like, a whole year later, you know, because the first time it happened, I was 17 years old. So I was a junior yeah. in school. T- graduation, we're talking, like, a whole year later. Yeah. And I was told I'm not a good kid. So it's like everything that I did, all the effort that I put into like fixing from that, fixing the thing that you that you did that was so terrible that wasn't. Yeah, you're just being a normal teenager, and there's that you did nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was my story of how I left um, finally, and. I think this is where we'll leave it for part one. Yeah. I mean, that was. I just a like. Lot. I know it was, but I just like. I don't know. Everything that you have been through and experienced and had to hear and internalize and still like you are who you are and you've done what you've done and you got away from that. Like, that's so admirable. Thank you. I mean, same goes for you. And just like, I mean, you're raising a kid, you know, like I'm trying to. That's so like, um, you're doing great. Thank you're, you too. You're, you're a really good person. And you're, you're a good kid. <laughs> so yeah, for you guys that are listening, this is where we're going to leave part one. I mean, we covered basically our life as part of that religion and being in that cult. And so for part two, we're going to talk about from our, or talk about our life after we left to where we're at now. And that's where we're really going to cover like go a little bit deeper into the trauma, what um, trauma we have after going through all of that, how we've learned to heal from it. um, And basically what we're doing now and trying to do different since you know given that we've been through so much so rosario thank you so much for being here with me and sharing your story and hearing me out and supporting me and yeah i'm so happy to do it i love i love um recording these (laughs) (laughs) 
mean, you're a pro. It's like pretty the weird time. So. And in the next episode, we'll be answering the question: Are we apostate? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode. In the meantime, let us know what you think. Um, if you are a current Jehovah's Witness who is having doubts, please, we would love, love, love to hear from you and your experience and just kind of share more in detail like our experience if that can be of any support or help to anybody please don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us um, of course our contact like socials and stuff will be in the sh- in the show notes um, as well as our email like the podcast email and one thing that i just wanted to say is that and we've said it like everybody's experience is different and like everything that we're sharing is we're not saying it to like shit on the people that are jehovah's witnesses because the people are one of some of the most genuine loving people very um kind-hearted and i think that's why it's so easy for them to fall prey to things like this. I mean, it know? has some of the most amazing people I for sure have ever met. I still think about them regularly and yeah. miss them. But it also has some of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and uh, unfortunately, they're at the top and they're... Yeah. Um, yeah. So... so <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, thank you guys so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.